Hello and welcome to my podcast, Discover the Hidden Potential of Your Mind. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced you to my colleague Felicia Asensa. Felicia is the naturopathic doctor at the Awakening Health Clinic in Burlington. And I have the pleasure to do another podcast with her today. Welcome again. Thank you. So February is Heart Month and with today's episode we want to bring some awareness to what to do to keep our heart happy and healthy. Uh, Felicia, you've written a great article in February 2018, so a couple of years ago, which I'm reposting on my website this year because it includes different steps of what to do, really good advice. So to give our audience a quick overview of today's uh, episode, we will be talking about gratitude, about exercise, about food, and about connections. And nutrition is absolutely your speciality, so I will let you speak about that. Mm-hmm. On the other three topics, we probably both have some input. Um, I love that you mentioned gratitude as the first point in your article. When I saw that, I had to smile. Uh, we might so easily forget how important our emotional status for mm-hmm. our uh, physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so gratitude is something that's so good for the heart. And um, for for someone who hasn't really had experience practicing yoga or um, with mind-body medicine, it might sound a little bit um, out there, just because on the <laughs> Western side of the world, we're used to kind of separating physical from emotional. Right. Um, but they're very much connected. And, um, yeah, there's, on the Western side of things, there's actually a lot of evidence to show that connection now. Um, So, not only is gratitude an amazing motivator for making positive lifestyle changes, so even just thinking when you're coming from a place of thanks or gratitude, it's a lot easier to motivate yourself do things that are good for your health. Um, that's so true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like a simple thing that you can see in your in your own life. Um, and but they so there's also been a few studies that show that um, having gratitude. So there was an interesting study where they looked at patients with heart failure and found that. Um, those patients, they kind of separated the groups. So one group did gratitude journaling and the other group didn't, just did kind of the regular treatment for heart failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found that the group that did the gratitude journaling had lower heart rates and there were fewer deaths from heart failure overall. And then there's been a few other studies that show that it lowers inflammation helps regulate emotions. Um, there's been a few studies connecting the brain, the brain circuitry um, and the heart, um, the heart rate and all of that as well. Um, so. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in your article, you even say to thank your heart for working exactly, so hard. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So um, I always say just kind of be grateful, like thank your heart for, for everything it does thank God or the universe or whoever you believe in for, 
for giving you something that like because when you think about it your heart's pumping blood throughout your entire body all day while you while you're awake and when you're sleeping so yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we become aware of that, we can't help but feel grateful, right? Mm-hmm. And gratitude is not something we do, but who we become as we focus on everything we have. It's a powerful magnet for, for good. Uh, gratitude is an expensive emotion, complaining, worrying, shooting all over us, you know, how we go, I should do this, I should do that, right? I should lose weight, I should exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all constrictive. Emotion and other emotions like fear, anxiety, impatience, frustration, anger are even more constrictive and energetically depleting emotions. The same applies, of course, to despair or grief, depression, sadness, loneliness. So on one side, we have all these constrict- constrictive emotions, depleting emotions, and then there's renewing emotions that boost our resilience our resilience to stress, our improve our problem-solving skills, increase our intuition, our creativity. And those emotions would be emotions like joy, appreciation, peace, forgiveness, forgiveness and letting go, so important, compassion, love, and then last but not least, gratitude. All those are renewing emotions. And like you said, these emotions have a positive effect on our heart rate. They lower our cortisol level and increase the hormone DHEA, and that's linked to different anti-aging benefits. We all want that, right? So it's linked to less inflammation, improvement of bone density and muscle mass, less depression and mood swings, uh, better cognitive functions, even weight loss, of course, heart health. Balance it balances also blood sugar and increases sexual functions. So. Uh, so many positive physical effects um yeah and you mentioned journaling which is great having a gratitude journal mm-hmm. or any other daily practice of gratitude of and or going into a heart coherent state that all ha- helps us to relieve our stress and to rebalance our mind our emotions our physical body and um, heart coherence really means to be in that heart focused state that we can achieve that through breathing for example um, you can even try this now for a moment you can just imagine that you're breathing in and out through the center of your chest for five seconds five seconds on the inhale and five seconds on the exhale so completely focusing on your chest on your heart area and then you breathe at least three of those breath cycles in and out through that heart center and as you continue to breathe this way you're going to bring up heartfelt feelings in the center of your chest heartfelt feelings by that i mean love laughter joy peace appreciation gratitude harmony bliss we can maybe connect with a memory that was full of those feelings we can relive that memory feel it fully And um, you can stay in this coherent heart state for at least 10 minutes. And that does wonders for our heart and for our overall well-being. Um, You can, of course, practice this with your eyes closed as if you're going into a meditation. Or you can practice it in different situations in life. We might be walking down the street or perhaps in the car driving, sitting in traffic. 
um, it's actually important to be in that coherent state in everyday life, not just when you're going into solitude and into meditation. That's always easy, right? But it's still, can I incorporate that in my daily life? Where is some time for some hard-focused breathing and creating some um, hard coherence? So next time there's stress at work or maybe you have a difference of opinion with your partner or some other relationship stress, it's going to be easier to drop down into your heart and do this if you've practiced it on a regular basis. So that helps to be less stressed in our personal relationships. And it also helps us in our personal relationships. As a relationship coach, I, of course, always think of relationships. It helps us to speak and listen from the heart rather than from up here and arguing, but to go into that hard place. But that gets us away a little bit from our topic. (laughs) So let's talk about the next point, the next step of what we can do for heart health and happiness. Mm -hmm. So exercise. So I don't usually spend as much time talking about this one because most people know already that exercise is really good for the heart. Um, Where I find people tend to struggle a little bit more is what exercise looks like or what movement looks like. And um, I find this is kind of the most important um, because, for example, if you say, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start exercising, I'm gonna go for a run every day. But if you hate running, the likelihood of that actually happening is, is happen. very slim, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so I always talk about finding something that you love to do. Every, there's a movement that everyone loves. There's there's kind of something for everyone. Um, so whether that's dancing or... Yeah, um, I love dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's great exercise. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dancing, skating, um, going for hikes, just kind of finding whatever inspires you, whatever you love to do. And and that kind of... That's exercise. And, it's, and if it brings you joy, it's also good for the heart as well. So it's kind of like a double. Absolutely. I so agree. It's the same topic I have with clients when they come in for weight loss. Because part of weight loss, of course, is that we need to increase our movement. And where we trip ourselves up is if we go, oh, I should. I should go to the gym. But Mm -hmm. if I hate the gym, why am I doing it? Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, like you said, dancing, going for hikes in nature, uh, whatever feels good. There's some sort of movement that will make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, go to point number three our um, food choices what should we watch out for in regards to healthy food choices when it comes to our heart okay so this one is always kind of a challenging one just because there's such food is such a big part of our culture and there's such a culture around food um, so there's kind of so much propaganda about diets and which diet is best um, and a lot of these kind of like quick fat diets are, are great until the next one comes along and and they're not they're not always sustainable so I think this is an area where it really helps to have someone a health professional that has a solid foundation in um, nutrition and to kind of come up with a plan together that's where you come in <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah so just kind of working with someone to make 
the best food choices for you and your body because everyone's different everyone has different nutritional needs so it's it's kind of hard to make generalizations um, just because everyone is so different um, but there are kind of three overall generalizations that I will make when it comes to heart health um, so the first one is eat lots of vegetables Okay, well then I'm curious what kinds of vegetables would you recommend? Would you recommend some over others? Yeah, so um, so again, like depending on the person, um, different vegetables of different effects on the body, um, accounting for food sensitivities and things like that. Um, but really I just say kind of as many different vegetables as you can. So when uh, one of my favorite homework items that I'll often give to patients is go to the grocery store and buy something that you've never bought before. Figure out how to cook it um, and let me know how it goes. So just kind of getting as much color in as you can. Um, try eating what's in season. So that's a great one because then it kind of automatically changes what you're eating throughout the year and you're getting lots of variety in there. Right, okay. And it's probably also better food, right? If yeah. It's in season, yeah. So usually <laughs> if you're eating what's in season, you're probably eating more local. Mm -hmm. So it's um, what can happen at the grocery store when produce is imported is it loses some of its nutrition along the way just because it's picked before it's ripe. Right. Um, just so that it doesn't go bad. So, eating local if you can find a farmer's market. Um, those what do are, you think of organic? Yeah, so that's that's a tough one. Um, it's um, organic produce is it does have less pesticides. Um, it people will often say, well, if I have to buy organic, then I can't. I can't afford it, it's more expensive. Um, Becomes an excuse, okay. Yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah, so it's kind of an investment, but at the very least, I usually say to eat fruits and vegetables that you're not peeling. Make sure those ones are organic, right. if anything. Right. Um, because you're, you're eating the skin, so you would be eating the pesticides and you can rinse it but it's, it's hard to get, right. get them all off. So for example with an apple it's more important it's organic than with an avocado. An avocado doesn't need to be organic. Right? Exactly, okay. yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then two kind of vegetables that have really been shown to be great for heart health are garlic and onions. Okay. So incorporating those in your cooking wherever you can is usually a good idea. They reduce health. blood pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, and then my next generalization is eating healthy fats. So could you elaborate on that a bit more? I mean, like I just mentioned avocados and I know avocados are healthy, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of it's a healthy fat and then I think nuts and almonds and pumpkin seeds and flax seeds. Do I have that correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you want to kind of stick with the mono or polyunsaturated fats. So what that um, what that kind of means is um, a lot of people have heard of omega threes. So those are 
those are the kind of fats that you want to be getting in um, as opposed to saturated fats and trans fats um, how do you feel about eggs yeah so eggs are I think eggs are a great source of nutrients there have been a couple studies um, kind of controversial controversial studies a little bit um, there were a couple studies done that showed eggs actually had a negative effect on heart health um, but the interesting part about these studies was that they were done on kind of people eating in North America and it didn't account for um, what people were eating with the eggs right. and what happens in North America a lot of the time is when people are having eggs for breakfast they're not just having eggs, they're having eggs with toast or eggs with bacon or eggs with sausage so it didn't really account for that. Um, there was an interesting study in, um, I believe it was in Europe somewhere, I believe if it was Finland, I could be wrong though, um, where they they did the same study and they didn't find the same results. Ah, interesting. So it was basically done somewhere where eating toast and bacon with eggs in the morning wasn't, wasn't a practice. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, and what oils are healthy for us, like um, for not just salads, but also cooking? What would you recommend? What type of oils? Yeah, so olive oil is one that's been shown to be really great for lowering inflammation and for heart health. So for your salads and that sort of thing? Yeah, Okay. Um, cooking it, however, kind of changes its properties. Right. So keeping that for kind of salads or mm -hmm. even if you're doing a stir fry to add the olive oil at the end as opposed to starting with it and then there are other oils as well such as coconut, avocado oil, grapeseed. Mm -hmm. um, coconut oil has a bit of a higher melting point um, so it's uh, can be a little bit better to use in cooking um, but overall kind of limiting the amount of cooking with oils that you're doing. Right, right, okay. I um, think you had a third point, right? Yes, in terms and my, of generalizations. My third one is avoiding processed foods. Okay, could you explain to our listeners why processed foods are so unhealthy? It's so common uh, in our society that we eat processed foods. We're always in a rush, right? We're always running around, no time to cook. It's true. Um, but usually if you're... I find if you're sacrificing time, you're there's something else to compensate for it. Right. And there tend to be a lot of ingredients in processed foods that our bodies don't quite recognize. Um, there's also, also usually a lot of sugar. Um, yeah. Hidden sugars, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that the the chemicals that our body doesn't recognize and the corn syrup that's often in processed foods um, kind of puts a burden on our liver and then that leads to inflammation which is linked to heart disease mm -hmm. so. okay good yeah. yeah great thank you so much that was very informative um, yeah then another really important aspect of heart health is feeling connected mm -hmm. yeah so social isolation and loneliness actually has the same risk as smoking for heart disease. So 
Connection is so good for yes. the heart. I, I love working with couples, actually, because I know as I help them to get along better, to communicate better, to connect better, I'm also helping them with their overall health. There is a study I love to quote. It's a 75-year-long Harvard study, so it's really a long-term study. There's not lots of studies out there that have been done over so many years. And it's actually a study on happiness, and it showed that happiness and living a healthy long life are not about wealth, they're not about fame, they're not about working harder. What actually keeps us happy and healthy are good relationships. Mm-hmm. That means relationships, not just relationships, period, but good relationships. Relationships in which we feel lonely and unsupported, they're actually detrimental to our health. So if we're missing the affection, that's, that's really toxic for us that stress that loneliness can even shorten our lives but when we live in good warm relationships no matter what kind of relationships that's protective for us for our heart it affects our also our physical pain positively which is good to know when we're you know with people getting older and having different issues and it even protects our brains from decline um yeah, so what can people do to connect with others when they're feeling lonely? Mm-hmm. What would you suggest? Yeah, there there are actually a lot of ways out there. Um, like finding com- uh, events in your community that you're interested in. Um, I find so many people are looking for connection. So it's once you kind of commit to going out there and actually actually investing in investing some time in, in connecting with others. It's not it's not too difficult to do. It can even be as simple as calling a family member or friend that you've been meaning to catch up with. Um, even the public library, I find those are sometimes such an underused resource because um, they always have kind of events going on. There's, there's people to talk to there. Um, it's a great starting point. Um, or even going to a cafe right. to catch up on work or reading. Mm-hmm. And then just striking up a conversation with someone at Starbucks or whatever, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I sometimes get people who say, yeah, but you know what? I don't really like to connect with with people. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. it's not my thing. What would you say to someone like that? Get a pet. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, or even like if animals aren't your thing, even just like going into the forest and, and connecting with nature just... Kind of anything that brings you sort of that peace and and feeling connected with the world around. Yeah, totally, right? The world around us. And I would like to add also connecting with that higher power, that greater power. Yes. Whatever you want to call that. You might feel comfortable calling that power God or the universe or source or spirit or our angels. It does not matter. It's all that connection to other humans and to that higher power is expensive and good for our heart. Then we feel less alone and less vulnerable and less defensive. And we can trust more than all as well. Okay. Yeah, good. So is there something else you want to add to today's episode? Um, no, but I think there was something that you were going to do. Well, yes, I was thinking we could finish with a very simple exercise, just a little mantra, which helps our nervous system to calm down and which um, helps with our heart health as well. So if our listeners want to do this along with us, Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm gonna have you interlock your fingers and just put them on your upper chest on that place that we intuitively touch when we're when we get a little shock or something we intuitively often touch that place and as you place your hands on your upper heart we're gonna focus on our breathing staying some nice deep belly breaths and on our inhale we're gonna silently think to ourselves all is well and on our exhale and I am safe and again inhaling all is well and I am safe all is well and I am safe Let's do a couple more of those deep breaths on the inhale, all is well. And on the exhale, and I am safe. All is well. And I am safe. So this is a very simple little exercise just to calm our nervous system when we're upset, when we're stressed, when we wake up in the middle of the night and we had a bad dream or some other anxiety comes up. Um, it helps us to calm down and interact differently with other people or just simply helps us to to soothe ourselves and uh, master that overactive nervous system. Yeah, and then maybe on this calming note, we should wrap up for today. Um, well, we need to let our listeners know where they can find us. Mm -hmm. They can, of course, find us both on our individual websites and on the website of the Awakening Health Clinic. Um, let's start with your website. Yeah, so my website is drfeliciasenzand.com. Mm -hmm. And I practice both from Burlington and Hamilton. Right, and my website is greendoorrelaxation.net and I work also from Burlington and Mississauga. And then the clinic in Burlington Awakening Health is where you can find us both. They also have a website and an online booking system that's awakeninghealth.ca. And if you want to work together on your health journey with us, Let's chat. That's right. Send us an email. Give us a call. Uh, you can book a free phone consultation with either one of us. Um, I think you like to give your email address, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so email is usually the best way to reach me. And it's felicia.asenza at gmail.com. Good. And my email is greendoorrelaxation at yahoo.ca. Or you can also just pick up the phone and call me at 905 286 nine four six six so that brings us to the end thank you so much for doing this with me again this was fun thank you so much for having me <laughs> and i'm sure we'll do another one over the next few months right absolutely great okay bye bye bye